Hello, my name is Reverend Casey Carbone, and you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church at Mayopac. We are currently worshiping on Sundays at 10 a.m., both on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We hope that this message provides you with a source of encouragement and allows you to grow more deeply in your faith as we all continue to seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Our reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 to 26. Listen now to God's holy word. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? Jesus asked him, What things? Then they replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place, and moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us, that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer all these things and then enter into his glory? Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that as your scripture is read and proclaimed, that it open our hearts and our minds, that it remove the veil that keeps us from seeing you and the ways that you continue to work in the world. May our meditations this morning allow us to more openly be your hands and your feet in these times as we seek to be a presence for one another and those around us in our community. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. One of the last passages we had looked at in our Bible study before all of us went into self-isolation was this passage from the gospel according to Luke. Cleopas and his companions are on their way to Emmaus when all of a sudden the stranger comes out of nowhere. Looking back, we know that the stranger was none other than Jesus, yet something kept Cleopas and his companion from recognizing him. Perhaps it was their grief, their sense of loss that kept them from seeing or believing. Maybe still it was, maybe still, it was that Jesus' face could have possibly been covered or obstructed in some manner that kept them from seeing as well. We're not told. All we know is that they were kept from recognizing Jesus. There's something about being able to see a person's face that establishes almost an instant connection. 
And when that's taken away, our minds tell us that something's not right here. Yet perhaps it's in this discomfort of not knowing or not seeing where Jesus pushes us into the unknown spaces where we have been called to grow. We find ourselves walking on the road to Emmaus this day as we possibly might have feelings of discouragement or uncertainty. Or perhaps we're too tired or we're just so overcome with chaos at not having our daily routines. We find ourselves walking on the way to Emmaus when we avert our gaze from the hurt or pain in the eyes of our sisters and brothers who were created in the very same image of God. We find ourselves walking on the road to Emmaus when systems that are oppressive and destructive seem to overcome the forces of justice and peace. We find ourselves walking on the road to Emmaus when in our daily lives we are unable to identify the stranger who has been walking alongside us as Jesus for one reason or another. Perhaps our eyes are veiled. Perhaps are kept from recognizing Jesus like Cleopas and those who traveled with him. As I said before, it's disrupting or unsettling when we're not able to see someone's face because so much of our human communication revolves around those subtle messages that we send through our eyes, through the way we move our mouths, those facial features. And besides missing a vital part of our human connection, we find that adapting to wearing and seeing others in masks to be a complicated process. You see, we don't wear masks just because we're sick and we don't wear them just in order to help spread uh, to stop the spread of disease we wear them because it keeps ourselves and those around us safe and healthy as well yet even if we know these good reasons as to why we wear a mask and practice appropriate social distancing the mental readjusting reshifting of our framework comes at a cost of us feeling disoriented This feeling of being travelers on a long and winding road to Emmaus is perhaps growing tiring. Perhaps it's growing weary. Yet there is something even on this journey for us to discover as we encounter Jesus amid our own grief. This moment we have an opportunity to air out the things that have been bothering us and place them into the arms of God. Jesus knows how important it is to have a sacred time and a sacred place to name these things so that we don't just keep carrying them in our hearts and allow them to harden. We see this. We see it this morning when Jesus asked Cleopas and his companion a question where he says, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? And they're hurting. Jesus listens and afterwards comes to continue walking with them. And in traveling with them on the road to Emmaus, Jesus begins to talk to them about scripture and life. We might think that Jesus was annoyed with Cleopas and his group, but most likely Jesus was enthusiastic, seizing the opportunity to comfort them, to be present with them, to listen, to show them the new way of living as people who have been touched by the resurrection. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had some extra time on my hands to ponder the resurrection and what it means for us. The resurrection hope seems a little more challenging to grasp as we look at one another with face masks that remind us of this pandemic. 
The resurrection hope seems out of reach when we remember that COVID-19 fatalities are not just numbers, they're not statistics, but they represent actual people. And the resurrection hope may appear to be far off as we continue to spend time in isolation and practice healthy boundaries. Is there resurrection life that we can find in this moment? I believe so. Even if it seems like we're grasping at straws or letting sand pass through our fingers, the risen Christ is walking alongside us and is present. Even in those times we cannot see Christ standing next, standing there next to us. There's much that we have lost, that's for sure. There's much that we have sacrificed. But there is much that will be gained as well. What we didn't get to in this passage is that Jesus continues to walk on the road to Emmaus with Cleopas and his companions. And as they arrive to the place where they were staying for that evening, they invite Jesus to spend the night with them, to eat with them. Even though they themselves were worn and tired and looking at one another as if they were on a a journey that was filled with sorrow. I'm sure that they were tired at looking at one another through a veil or a fog, what, whatever it was that was bringing them down. But at the table, there they broke bread with one another and with this stranger who was Jesus all along. And after they broke bread and gave thanks, that is when their eyes were opened, when they realized who it was they were traveling with this entire time. As they gathered and broke bread and shared a cup, they understood that what was necessary in life is not the same as the things that they thought they were. And they came to understand that some things could be left on the periphery. When we gather together again in worship, what are the new priorities we are going to set for ourselves as a church, as a community? How will we live as people who profess to follow the risen Christ? Now, I'm not saying we are going to gather around a table anytime soon to share a meal. But I have to imagine that our priorities have changed. And the same is true for the various other happenings in our own lives as well. Perhaps the fight we had with a friend or a family member or a spouse is not as significant as it was at the start of this whole period of isolation. Perhaps the things that we have been angry about, perhaps the things that we just couldn't let go of, aren't as important as they were at the start. My prayer is is that we will come out of this being able to let go that we will be able to let go and seek the things that truly give us life. Because what I'm seeing on our Emmaus journey is this question, this important question that asks us, if we can be there for one another during these times, why can't we be there for one another once this season has passed as well? While I see us continuing online worship and other activities in the future, my prayer is that as a community of faith, we continue to challenge and envision a new future for our church and for our community. 
that we continue to push ourselves to better understand what it means to be the hands and the feet of Christ, to be disciples who discern, disciples who are compassionate, disciples who I've said before can love justice and mercy and walk humbly with our God. So on our Emmaus journey, on our continued Emmaus journey, let us ask ourselves this question of what is important and what is not as we prepare for a future where we can truly come back and work together with one another as we strive to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.